Sports are back. That's it. That's the headline. It's the Denver Sports Podcast. We've got hockey, basketball, and baseball on this weekend. But before we jump into that, WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. And it has become so freaking popular. We've opened a third DNVR clubhouse. Each clubhouse holds 250 people. We've got 500 people playing this game. That is amazing. You're not going to want to miss out on the fun, so you can download WGT and join the DNVR3 Clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world-famous golf courses. You can compete head-to-head with players and the DNVR community members and participate in our tournaments. We're having another one this weekend. It's every weekend we have tournaments. I'm not sure we have a name for it. I, what was it? What did Eric say for DNBA? It was the... Um, the Bubble Open... <laughs> potentially the bubble the, open or something the, yeah, like that the bubble open stroke play i don't know what course oh yeah bubble the bubble open stroke play the closest course to orlando is what uh, they started on nice there you go the Not game is the so co- uh, course to canada <laughs> yeah <laughs> When you play the game, it's you get that top golf experience anywhere with the top golf game model. It's awesome. Make sure you go to dnvrgolf.com and download WGT Golf today. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Monroy, and with me today, I've got AJ Hayfley, Ryan Koenigsberg, and Harrison Wind. That is my The core four, if Drew was here, Drew is going to be on here eventually. He called in from his phone in the car, and it just was, it wasn't working. So he's going to hop in here once he gets to his destination, wherever that might be. But we've got the core four, the OG four, whatever you want to call it, these guys have been here from the very start and we're going to talk about some Denver sports. As always, this podcast is presented by Breckenridge Brewery, our favorite beer here um, at DNVR. If you want to stock up on some Breck brews, don't forget to check them out um, and check out that 15 can Mile High City Copper Lager. It is so good. You can find it at Davidson's as well as most grocery stores or you can head down to the DNVR bar and try one of the eight Breck brews we have on tap. You can go tonight. I think there's still spots for the Rockies um, game tonight, but Nuggets is sold out for tomorrow. We will be having brunch and watching the Nuggets play at the DMVR bar. It's going to be awesome. That sold out pretty quickly. And then I think the Avs like hit a record, record time. I think we sold out of tickets for Sunday's game in like an hour. <laughs> so it's going to be an <laughs> awesome crowd. If 
there are still tickets available for tonight. Definitely, definitely check those out. But let's start off with some basketball. Harrison, the Nuggets play tomorrow, Saturday, August 1st at 11 a.m. against the Miami Heat. What are a few things that you're looking forward to in that game? Yeah, uh, my guy Hard Job in the comments. What's up, man? Uh, watching that Lakers Clippers game last night, guys, I almost started crying. I almost started <laughs> crying. That was such a good game. It was like LeBron, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard just going back and forth. Uh, that got my juices flowing. That was awesome. So I almost cried too because I had Clippers money line. <laughs> <laughs> I was in it for the joy of the game, the purity of the game. RK was in it for other reasons. Um, but that was awesome, and uh, I can't wait for uh, this Nuggets game tomorrow. And honestly, like I don't really know what to expect because uh, the Nuggets had three scrimmages. For two of those scrimmages, they played Nikola Jokic at point guard and pretty much surrounded him with like Jeremy Grant at shooting guard, Mason Plumley at power forward, Bulbul at small forward. So we don't really know what this Nuggets team looks like right now, I feel like. Uh, we saw more of what we can expect in this opener. We saw more of the regular rotation that third scrimmage game. But even with that, uh, it, it's kind of weird because, like, the Lakers and the Bucks and the Clippers, I feel like these teams are, like, running on all cylinders. And then the Nuggets are – we don't really know what this team looks like with the injuries and kind of the late arrivals. So uh, I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. I'm sure we'll be a little sloppy, um, but – you got to come with it against the Heat because, you know, the Heat are always going to come out with an edge. I think the biggest question that we've seen a lot of people on social media ask is, are we going to see Bull Bull tomorrow at all? I think you could. Um, I, I don't think he's going to play like 20 to 25 minutes like he did in the scrimmage games. But I think you could see him out there for a minute, a minute here, a minute there, maybe like five to ten total minutes I would not be surprised by that in that third scrimmage game he played like with the main bench unit so maybe he could be on that unit uh tomorrow I, I don't think he's going to be in the playoff rotation per se unless he just absolutely goes wild in these you know, five <laughs> minutes or so that he gets during the seeding games which I mean I didn't think it happened but um I, I think in these seeding games you know I I could see him you know, getting the occasional minutes. I don't think it's going to be nearly as high as it was during the scrimmages, but I don't think we've heard the last from Bull Bull. I'll say that. I think that's going to make a lot of people happy because Bull, just watching Bull Bull, Bull Bull, I said Bull Bull. Oh, wow. Bull Bull out on the court is just so much fun. Um, well, yeah, Ryan, it's, it's kind of like, to, no, to that point, Allie, though, it's kind of like uh, watching MPJ. At least. It still is, but even in the early days, you just don't really know what he's going to do just because you Definitely. haven't seen him play before. So he could really just, you know, do anything. Speaking of MPJ, what about him? Do you think we'll, ex are you expecting to see him tomorrow on the court? Uh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, based on who plays and Will Barton's been banged up. Gary Harris has been banged up. Maybe MPJ could start, uh, but I could see him definitely getting over 20 minutes. And um, that's going to be important because, uh, the Nuggets, that, that is the number one storyline, the number one goal that the Nuggets should have like over these eight seeding games. Yes, they need to get their starters chemistry because those guys haven't played together, but 
They're going to need a big contribution from MPJ if they want to get to the Western Conference Finals and push for a championship this season. I don't see them getting there without him playing a big role. Okay, here's my question. Taking the atmosphere out, because there's no way that you could ever match the atmosphere of this, what would Bull Bull have to do that would be equivalent to Kale McCarr scoring a goal in his first ever game that was a playoff game? Triple Does that double? be like a 30-piece? Triple-double? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would take a double-double. <laughs> yeah, it may be like <laughs> – 25 points or something. When did Kale score that goal also? Like, wasn't first that a period. pretty first, first period of his first game? <laughs> his first shot. It, it would be like Bull getting out there and then just draining like three threes back to back to back. Yeah, that would be, and even that might come yeah, a little short. Like, like he, he would have to start <laughs> with that and then finish the game with like 25, 30 points. <laughs> But, I mean, it does have some Kale McCarr energy, though, that, like, this guy who's a phenom is just going to kind of come out of nowhere when all, at the most important uh, part of the season. Yeah. I mean, that would really be something. Like, he, he is so raw defensively, and, like, he makes so many mistakes. But then, you know, he can just be standing under the basket, and a guy's getting ready to shoot the three in a corner. And he can just go and contest that shot and nearly block that shot. <laughs> like, we talked he has, about it a little yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say he has little idea what he's doing on the defensive end of the floor, but he, he's like a game changer still. His arms cover three quarters of the paint, like of the entire <laughs> paint if he just goes like that. So Yeah. We talked, a about, we talked about it a little bit last podcast, but – I think the funniest thing is watching the guys on the court react to Bull Bull. Like Jokic, like <laughs> Bull Bull pulls up to hit a three and Jokic is like, what? Oh, all right, I guess, okay, fine. But like, you see how confused he is for a second. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I got to think they're a little uh, in the dark like us. They just don't really know what he's going to do when he gets out there, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, he's been practicing with them for the last couple of weeks, but I mean... Who knows once you get to a game? They haven't really seen him in that environment either. What's crazy is he's never covered. Like, he can get a shot off from anywhere at any time. And he's a great, like, I don't know. There was, there was one scrimmage where he was just, like, shooting everything. And I'm like, how could you blame it? Like, he had, like, four <laughs> yeah. shots at five possessions. I'm like, how could you blame him? He, there's no such thing as a bad shot for him. Right. And he does maybe have the longest release in the NBA. Like, it takes him forever to wind up and shoot it. But... <laughs> I mean, it's an unblockable shot. No, nobody can block that that <laughs> shot. So he, he is open every time he gets it. Um, I, I will think he'll need to kind of do the MPJ adjustment a little bit because Bold, like MPJ, was a highly regarded recruit. I think MPJ was the number two recruit in his class, maybe even number one by some uh, services. Bold was top five. And so he's, like, been the number one option on every team he's ever been on, at every level, uh, in high school, at Oregon. And uh, I think you saw that in that first scrimmage game. So he'll have to, you know, learn how to play in, in some resemblance of a system, too. Is well, there I think a... there, there's those similarities in MPJ struggling to play defense at first as well and just being more of that offensive guy. So just uh, a few things that Bull Bull can learn from MPJ as MPJ has continued to kind of get better on that end. 
Let's say that Bull plays sporadically throughout these eight games. What's the best case scenario like? What what does he have to do to show Michael Malone like it's worth throwing him out there for a few minutes in every playoff game? I'd say number one, it's if the Nuggets can trust him defensively. Like, yeah, we know he can block shots at the rim. Uh, yeah, yeah, we know he can bother guys driving to the hoop. But I mean, if is he going to be able to? keep up and pick and roll coverage out on the perimeter. You know, is he going to be able to like know what he's doing and help side defense? Because uh, if you're a role player or a guy coming off the bench for the Nuggets and you don't play defense, you're not going to play in the playoffs under Michael Malone, maybe even the regular season too. (laughs) Um, So I'd say defense is the number one thing, but I mean, if he just gets out there for like 10 to 15 minutes a night and defenses just don't know what to do with them, which I think is on the table. I mean, we saw a little of that in the scrimmages. If like guys don't know how to react to him, if suddenly teams are like overcompensating for him, I think that might be something that the Nuggets look at and just be like, man, let's just throw him out there for a spurt, you know, when this counts and see what, see what happens because it just throws the defense off so much. It's crazy because he's like, he's so, so for what he is, he's so athletic and, you know, nimble for lack of a better term. Like even if he gets switched out on a guard and a pick and roll and he has to chase them to the hoop, like that guard still doesn't feel comfortable about trying to lay it up with him running behind them. Like he really is going to, he really does change the comfort of players on the floor. And, you know, Mason Plumlee is an okay rim protector. He's very athletic down there, but like he doesn't make teams alter what they're doing. Right. And uh, it was funny in that last scrimmage, um, like Bull didn't do much in the first half. And uh, the, the Nuggets were like, I, I think he was like a minus 15 in the four minutes he played in that first half. But I mean, if you looked at his defense, like he was doing some of the stuff that you just talked about. He was switching onto guards and just they weren't able to do anything yeah. like, yeah, they could get a step on him, but still no, you can't shoot it. You know, he's just going to block that shot even if, you know, somebody gets a step on him. So he's done some things defensively, like out on the perimeter, moving his feet. He he doesn't move like Boban Marjanovic. You know, he moves like a guard. So it's a lot different. Crazy. Ryan, Ryan, you talked about it a little bit in um, our Slack last night, but I want to get how you guys are feeling about the bubble, actually watching games, seeing the way it's set up. Um, we talked about it pre the start of the season, but now that we actually have games going on, we can get a little bit of more of a feel. Brian, I'll start with you since you were full force happy about it in the Slack yesterday. Yeah, I mean, good job uh, to the NBA. I think they absolutely killed it, the setup there. I don't know, like, this is super different, and they kind of leaned into it being different, and they set up, they gave, you know, they set up everything around these courts. Um, when you watch a baseball game and, and, you know, they didn't have many options like what the NBA is doing. So I'm not blaming baseball for this, but when you watch a baseball game, it looks like they're playing in a giant empty cave. Like, you know, the ball bounces around 50 seats after they hit a home run. And it's just weird. It didn't have that feel at all. Uh, last night, it kind of felt like a video game almost like, yeah, you're, I agree. like, you know, I don't know. You're like doing some sort of like training thing as you're trying to like build up your creative player or something like it had that feel to it, but not in a bad way. I thought it was cool. Um, and the product that the NBA put out last night definitely helped the case. You know, if they went out there and they gave off practice 
vibes and scrimmage vibes, then it probably would have given that court a scrimmage feel. But I think the fact that we got two high, high level basketball games in that uh, environment right off the bat, it was like, oh, like this, this, um, this little bubble court like breeds good basketball. And so I think that really, really helped it. It was intense in there and it has that intense, close feel to it. I love it. My favorite part is the screens that go all around. So you don't see those empty seats, but then you can just really just see a lot of the presentation in those screens. Yeah. It was almost like playing basketball on a soundstage. Like it, it was almost like playing basketball on like a Hollywood set, you know, Yep. everything was just right. The camera angles were perfect. Uh, they, they can experiment with like different types of camera angles that they can't during the regular season. Uh, it felt like guys were like diving for loose balls more out of bounds because they didn't have to worry about diving right. into like fans. Um, I, I just really liked how locked in everybody was, man. Like there was no outside distractions. It felt like it was just it was just a really intense game, like you said, Ryan. And it was played at a really high level, which. I mean, I wasn't expecting. Uh, the product is better than I thought it was going to be for sure. Yeah, I, the only thing that would have made it is if one of those two bar beaters in the two games went down. Like, it was awesome basketball all the way around. Yeah. AJ, what do you think of the bubble? I think it's cool. I think it's working. And that's really the biggest thing is that, Yeah. Um, you know, baseball just, like, just released a statement in the last five minutes saying that if they don't, handle this better they're gonna they might have to shut everything back down and right now there are two bubble environments that are working as designed and the nba bubble looks awesome outside of lou williams going to a strip club um (laughs) he was going to a wing joint all right he was just going for dinner (laughs) outside of lou williams going to get the wings that were named after him um like it's, or also the postmate uh, incident that would <laughs> like outside of outside of that blood. like it's the environment looks like it's working and as long as these guys are continuing to test negative and everybody involved is safe like I'm <laughs> that that it's that the that it was great basketball last night was bonus um yeah. I like it, it it helps but these are still seeding games um when when the actual postseason gets going and like that that intensity has to ramp up, I think the NBA has a has a the this is where the NBA's advantage is over the NHL is that the intensity gets to build uh, the seating. There's drama there. There's oh who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. Um, the playoffs in the NHL just start tomorrow. Yeah. Like the NBA gets to build and they get to enjoy this and they get to they get to tweak things as they go because they're going to be in it for a little bit longer. And so far, I think it's great results. It's great returns. You can't can't complain about anything that, that's happened with the NBA. Harrison, if this was completely normal circumstances, the Nuggets had eight games to go. They were one game back of the Clippers with a game in hand. I would be fully expecting them to get the second seed. Is there any reason why that should change? Um. The only reason why it would change, I mean, would you ex- be expecting them to get the second seed if they maybe didn't have, like, two starters playing? I mean, <laughs> I'm not really fair, so yes, I would have, I expect them to and, win every game every night. Yeah, and, and, like, to the Nuggets' credit, I mean, when they've been down one or two starters, sometimes they've played better <laughs> over the last couple of seasons, uh, particularly this year. So, no, I think they can definitely get the second seed. Um 
the, the Clippers, uh, and it really might come down to that Nuggets-Clippers matchup, and I believe the, the Nuggets' second-to-last or third-to-last seeding game when, when they play the Clippers. That's what it could come down to. And, if I mean, if I'm Denver, like, I know you want to maintain health, and I think you can balance that with trying to go get the second seed because if you do, you're going to get that seven seed who's, you know, been the worst team over the seeding games out of the Rockets, the Mavs, the Thunder, the Jazz. You're going to get the worst team over these eight games out of those four. And uh, I think that's going to be a big advantage. So I feel like they should be able to find a happy medium between trying to get that and, you know, not pushing their guys too hard. Well, the NBA is officially back and we get to watch the Nuggets tomorrow, which is so exciting. But there's no better place to get in on all of the action for basketball then with DraftKings Sportsbook, the top-rated sportsbook app, to celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all users a special odds boost for the first three days of the season. If you bet twenty dollars to win, bet twenty dollars to win a hundred dollars on any team of your choosing. Harrison, you were on uh, DNVR Bets Daily last night. What are a few bets you're intrigued by? Yeah, so I was telling Ryan last night that odds boost, uh, I'm going with that, and I'm taking the 76ers over uh, the Pacers. That game is tomorrow night, I believe, and the the Pacers are a little injury-riddled. They don't have DeMontis Sabonis, probably their second-best player, and uh, Victor Oladipo, I I guess he's playing. Uh, he had been kind of uncertain about if he was going to play or not. I don't, I don't think there's a definitive ruling yet. Uh, but I, I don't think he's like a hundred percent. So, and I like Philly. I like Philly in this environment. I like their top end talent. I think Embiid is probably going to have his way with Miles Turner uh, on the interior there. And hey, Ben Simmons is shooting threes now. So uh, I'm taking <laughs> yeah. Philly. That was the one matchup for that odds boost that really jumped out at me, to be honest. He's finally hitting threes. Who knows what's going to happen with Sixers now that he can hit a three? Um, Ryan, you said you took money line for Clippers last night. Any other bets that you're, but you lost? Any other bets you're looking at? Well, I because because I had kind of a rough night last night. I just, I went ahead and hedged my bets on that odds boost and ended up uh, guaranteeing a profit on the Magic uh, Nets game. So that was nice. We got back to where I started yesterday. Uh, and uh, I'm going back to the well with baseball because I'm mm. 12 and two or 12 and three on baseball so far since it came back. So you got to go uh, to baseball I'm, while you can. Yeah, exactly. Very true. I'm going uh, Ro- Rockies money line and uh, Nolan to get a hit. I'm just going to that well until uh, until it stops hitting. What about some uh, AJ is going to be on DNVR bets daily tonight? But how about some hockey? Anything that Avs fans should look out for? Uh, I think Ryan, sweeps are going to. I think sweeps are going to be a big thing in the qualifying round. Um, best of fives uh, open that possibility up a lot more. Momentum is going to be extremely important in these series. Um, oh. You don't have any time to the game. You don't go anywhere. You know, you just you go back back to the rink, and life is still miserable, and you lost, and now you're losing in the series, and. Everything that you've spent the last month working for is about to about to be over, and you hate everything, and you just can't get away from it. You can't escape when you start losing in the bubble environment and peeps. So if you can get if you can get good money there, I would so, yeah. uh, I would look to do that. 
as AJ is saying that, I'm looking at it, and you can get just about any of these series to go under three and a half games uh, for about three to one money on on any series you choose. So AJ, you got a uh, a couple here that you think are most likely to be sweeps. Uh, I like both Pittsburgh and Edmonton as as my sweep favorites. And the five twelve game, you know, I mean that's not 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 going out too far on a limb. Um, yeah. I I would also look for uh, Winnipeg Calgary as a sneaky one where um, the goaltending in that is so tilted towards Winnipeg's favor that three games just isn't very much time. Connor Hellebuck could could just dominate. Interesting. All right, there you go. Go. Don't forget to check out uh, Bets Daily tonight for more of an in-depth analysis on those uh, picks from AJ and Ryan and Professor Dre. Before I read the rest of this, I feel like I just gotta, I gotta put it all on. Stealing my stuff. What other, <laughs> what other stuff do you have over here? What I don't even know. Those are Marty your props. Are just <laughs> totally ridiculous. No, that was a gold chain. <laughs> 19 carat. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get a special odds boost to get 20 to win 100 on a team of your choosing. That's code DNVR and boost your odds to $20 to win $100. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, uh, call 1-800-522-4700. How do you see with these? It's, like, really dark. You don't need to see it, yeah. All you need to see is dollar signs. We've got, of course, Michael in here saying, please tell me where you got those shades. You know, I was. Uh, Don't reveal was, your sources. I was the Boz, uh, Brian Boswell for Halloween here. one year. Yeah, those ones are fire. Um, no, I think these ones are terrible. They're great, uh, and I got them at a Halloween store. So there you go. You don't need to see with them. You just need to be seen. Uh, yeah, I love maybe that. I have to wear those props a lot more. All right, AJ. Hockey! Yay! Yeah. We haven't been able to see it. We talked about it on uh, the last The Denver Sports Podcast. With basketball, we were able to watch a few scrimmages, but with hockey, we saw nothing until Wednesday where people who were watching uh, NHL Network got to see four minutes of it. Um, but Ryan Ryan was watching the game, and he was telling me it was penalties galore in that uh, as wild game. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the Avs uh, got the game, the exhibition game, where the referees were the stars of the show. <laughs> the refs really, didn't make uh, sure their whistles still worked. Oh my gosh, did they ever too? And it's not to say some of those penalties weren't legit. Like Tyson Tyson Jost got his money's worth clipping a dude right on his forehead with his stick. <laughs> you know, Connor <laughs> Connor Timmons gave uh, gave Marcus Foligno the bloody mustache. So, like some of these. Some of those penalties were like the good, the the goods, right? But it was uh, it was a very it was a very janky game. It was very uh, special teams heavy, which I think benefits yeah, the abs. Got some work. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I think that benefits the abs a lot. Their 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 penalty kill was 
was bad at times during the season. And it gave up a goal immediately in this one and then stopped the next seven power plays. So, and it got increasingly better. And the only, the only way that, uh, the, those units were going to really tighten the screws and get some real meaningful work in was in game situations. So they used their one exhibition game to play special teams against Minnesota, who was a, that, that's a decent special team squad. So it was, it was quality practice for them. And I mean, when you, when you play like garbage and you still beat your biggest rival, like pretty good day at the Not office. Bad day. Yeah. Um, we've got Michael here saying Tyson Joe sent that dude to green mountain dental group. <laughs> Love it. We don't even it. have to advertise anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's my read. That's that's the third segment. There you go. Um, what were a few things that you saw? I know it was special teams heavy, but what were a few things you saw from that exhibition game that you're excited for moving forward? Uh, I mean, Nathan McKinnon just picking right back up where he left off. And it, it, those of us that, that got to actually go to training camp, and I talked about it on the pod and wrote about it multiple times in articles, he was a psycho during training camp. Uh, he was screaming at everybody. He was screaming at the coach. He was stomping around, you know, like like daddy didn't buy him the car he wanted on his 16th birthday. Like, oh, he, wow. was, he was so upset at everything during training camp. And he just carried that over on into the game. And when he gets mad like that, he produces. And so all he has to do is just stay in that mindset. Just whatever he's doing, whatever whatever people are around him are doing to constantly piss him off, continue to do it. Because the 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 more he's got, it's, it's very Hulk-like. Like, the angrier he gets, the worse it gets for everybody around him. So great. One of the great joys of watching Avalanche hockey is seeing Nathan McKinnon go into we're not losing this game mode. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he might have that like accidentally permanently turned on right now. There's no off switch. Um, it's broken right now. He's yeah. he's completely and utterly dedicated to winning a Stanley Cup and doing it now. There's no like, oh, I've got my the prime of my career. It's I have to do this, and I have to do this now. And that dude, I don't know that he's going to ever sleep again until he wins the Stanley Cup. He's he's starting to to get into that Patrick Waugh, Peter Forsberg psychotic mindset where winning winning is is more of a relief than it is fun because that's the demand and that's the expectation, and losing yeah. is just – losing is – I'm going to burn the world to the ground until I can compete against somebody again and win something. Yeah, I think yeah, it was Bill funny. Walsh who said uh, there was a point in his career where wins were worth zero and losses were worth minus one. And he was just trying, like, all, all he could do was stay at zero. We even got that in the comments. Colorado TRV said Mac is stepping into the role that legendary play- players have to fill. Championships aren't fun. Yeah, I mean, they're it- going afterwards. After not not, not from that guy's perspective, but from our perspective, we're gonna get we're gonna get to watch a superstar at the top of his game. AJ, earlier before we started the show, you said you weren't as excited for these round robin games. Um, why is that? Um, it's they're they're in sort of like this weird limbo where the playoffs start tomorrow, best of five series start tomorrow, um, team season start to be on the line, and. It, the Avs don't. The Avs have another week. They play three games uh, this week. 
against the other top three teams in the West, and all that determines is seeding. And that's great. That's important. It matters. But, like, your season's not on the line. You know, a loss yeah. is not devastating. A loss doesn't put you in danger of anything. A loss is just like, okay, well, we'll get them, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get them on Wednesday or we'll get them on Saturday, whatever. Um, those other those other games, I'm very excited for the actual, like, qualifying, the best of fives to get going, especially because they're best of fives. They're over in a week. Yeah. You, you have no time in those series to, to breathe. You get out two nothing, and in five days you're you're good to go. You're you're walking into the next round feeling good about yourself. And it, with the Avs, it doesn't really matter win or lose. They're just sort of in this awkward limbo of, well, it kind of matters only as much as we tell ourselves it matters. And given how this team is operating right now, they're going to act like it matters a whole lot. Um, but it's it, it. I don't think it's going to make it. For just from an observational standpoint, I don't think it's going to make it any more interesting for us. I don't think hockey players are necessarily like this, but do you think there's a chance that, like, the fact that the Blues have one, you know, in their back pocket, just kind of, I don't know, it it hurts their drive? Like, they're not going to have that same thing that Nathan McKinnon has going right now. Yeah. Um, 100%. I know, uh, there was, uh, I, there's, there was a story. Um, I talked to, I talked to a player who won a couple of Stanley cups in the last decade. And I asked him that, that question, basically, we were having an off the record conversation. And I said, you know, what, what, uh, what difference does it make? And he says, look, you still care. You want to win the cup, but you don't have that same, burning desire because you've done it before you know what it feels like to have climbed the mountain and until you get that feeling you're not whole as a person as a hockey player and that guy was fine like he was he was nearing the end of his career he'd done it and he'd won multiple cups in his career and he was he was happy like he was a content hockey player whatever whatever happened in the rest of his career he was good um that's so I think that there there's most definitely going to be a guy in St. Louis's locker room who's feeling something like that uh, in Colorado's locker room. It's a psychotic obsession with them right now. Like they they're have never been around a championship team, but they are also they're unlike any other team I've ever covered. And just in terms of their personality and their drive and the, their singular focus, nothing else matters except that Stanley Cup. So does that okay. translate to game one then? You think? Uh, d- d- especially against St. Louis, yes. I yeah. think they're yeah, going to take. I, gonna I think they're going to take that game personally. Mm. So before before I ask you about that, Avs take on the Blues Sunday at four thirty p.m. Watch party's already sold out. DMVR bar is going to be going off watching the Avs on TV again. Uh, what what's something you're going to keep your eye on for that game? If you're saying they're going to take it personal, what what are you expecting to see? Uh, I want to see how seriously they take matchups, knowing that this mm. they could. These are these are two teams that could very realistically play each other in the postseason at some point. The Stanley Cup is it, out west is likely going to have to go through one of those two teams, and I'm curious how much they will just roll lines and just say one through four and go and do what you're going to do. We want to win the game, but we're not going to tip our hand strategically. We're not going to we're not going to play matchups that we think we're going to like in a best of seven series, and so I think 
getting a feel for how uh, how tactically relevant the game ends up being from a from a coaching standpoint, I think is the first thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Are they hard matching McKinnon against O'Reilly? Are they trying mm. to sneak McKinnon out against their fourth line? Are they trying to steal a shift? Are they whatever? Like whatever they do, or are they just rolling their four lines out one in order one two three four and then going? And that's you know and and that's whatever. So that's that's where I'm keeping my eye on is how seriously they take matchups and how much they're trying to how much they're trying to hold back from a potential best of series against the same team. What which way do you think? Uh, which way do you expect? What how does Bedner strike in terms of strategy like that? Uh, I think he wants to see. He's got his own agenda, and he's going to see what he wants to see, um, both with his lineup and in terms of matchups. I think he's he's going to get what he wants out of that game. Um, I he strikes me as a kind of guy that will tinker, and he will he will give his he will give different looks to his lineup. He's been playing eight different guys on the penalty kill. He needs to start to whittle that down. He needs to start to get that into a group of five that he really leans on and having those extras. Great if if, if one of those five takes a penalty, you know who to go to. But he needs to start to hone in on the specialties. Uh, he's got to he's got to pick a goalie. Um, I guess that's really the big question. Lineup wise, is boom. Yeah. We actually just got that question: which goalie is going to start in the playoffs? Um, I I still think it's probably Grubauer, um, but it, you know Frankie had a good day. Grubauer faced a, a much tougher slate against Minnesota, and the two goals you can't. It, there's nothing you can say to Philip Grubauer on either of the goals against. So it wasn't it wasn't like he had a bad performance at all. It was Frankie had the easier day and it looked like it. But that just closes the gap that much further. Um, you know, that the Frankie may have may have picked up a an inch there. And you just wonder how far behind he could he could possibly be at this point, because Frankie's done everything asked of him. Yeah. We've got Mike sorry, I was reading reading question. <laughs> Groove was also great last year in both series. Yeah. And I think that's why they'll 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 give him first crack at it. But if he mm-hmm. doesn't play well during round robin and Frankie does, it's Frankie's job. Okay. Yeah. It's that simple. That's I mean, the one that's advantage they have. Of, yeah, yeah, like the, the, this is where they don't have to put their series, their season on the line with that decision. They get to see what happens in round robin and who's playing well. So would you expect they give each guy one of the first two games whoever plays better in those gets the third? Uh yeah, I think that's that's how I would do it. I would play uh, Grubauer on. Um, I would play Grubauer against St. Louis, and then Francois against uh, Vegas, or against Dallas, and then whoever had the better of the game. I so. feel like we haven't heard much about the NHL bubble as much as like the M- um, NBA bubble has been like the big talk of the town, the places that they're staying, the hotels, and all of that stuff. For people who don't really know and haven't been keeping an eye on the NHL bubble, um, AJ, what is that like? What are the play- players going through? If you if you know some of them, well, the this was this was a big point of contention is that the NHL locked out media from the bubble. Um, the only people, the only media members that they allowed in were three NHL.com writers, uh, and that's state-run media. You know, it's like trying to find an altitude guy who will criticize the Avalanche. It's just not going to happen. You're only going to get the the fluffy marshmallow unicorn side of stuff and like that's okay like that will still be interesting content 
because we don't know what that looks like, right? Like we yeah. we don't know what any we don't know what anything is going on. So anything that we get is better than nothing. But we're not going to have we're not going to really get to see an extensive look. Um, I know that they've set up. I think they have fourteen different restaurants that they have uh, inside this little bubble. All a bunch of a bunch of different places. So these guys can go and eat and 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 have a variety because they're potentially here for the next 10 weeks, 12 weeks. Yeah. And so they're trying to make it as interesting as possible. The players interesting enough. Uh, the players have from multiple teams have gone on record and saying, we're going to find the places that we want. We're going to find the places that we like. And we're going to figure out when other people like to go to them and we're going to avoid them. We don't want to see any other teams. Mm-hmm. They are very much like we don't want to. We don't want to see any of the other teams in the lobby. We don't want to see them on the elevator. We don't want to see them playing ping pong. We don't want to do any of this. They want to avoid each other at all costs. Is that like the opposite of the NBA? Yeah, well, I was going to say, it just kind of speaks to the difference between the two sports because in both like the fraternizing aspect and also in just the talk about the bubble, like the NBA sometimes is so much focused on what's going on off the court. And, like, sometimes games, obviously, throughout the regular season. Uh, but a lot of times games just take a backseat to uh, the drama and, and, like, the soap opera aspects of uh, the NBA. And, I mean, I, the NHL to me just seems like so much more focused on the actual <laughs> game, <laughs> you know? That, that there's less of talk. There's going to be way less talk about, you know, Who's going fishing? Who's going to the driving range? I mean, who, who's going out to yeah. eat? Uh, it's just kind of different um, in the NBA. Just the focus is not always just right on the games. But then, um, yeah, just the aspect of teams kind of fraternizing with one another. Um, you know, this has been a uh, this has been something that's been talked about in the NBA a lot. But you know, guys on other teams hang out together. Uh, guys on teams, you know, go to the pool together. Uh, they, they go out to eat together. They hang out in common areas together. And it, when a game starts, they kind of flip the switch. But I, I think it's a lot different in the NHL. Uh, yeah, they don't want to have anything to do with those dudes. They're yeah. it's very much like, oh, you're you're wearing the colors of another gang. No, dog, we're not. Get away from me. Respect. Good, I love how different Good. the two. Oh, go ahead. Travis in the comments just said hockey players are quiet in general. NHL bubble is going to be zero drama. Oh, for sure. For sure. I don't know about that, but <laughs> whatever <laughs> drama they have, they will internalize. It, it's funny because a lot of NBA friendships actually get struck up like during the summers when the entire NBA moves to LA just to play like pickup mm-hmm. games at UCLA, which is like what happens during the summers um, or like at summer league. I don't know if the NHL has something like that because the sport is just set up so differently. They play golf in the summer. Yeah, well, and they have like uh, they have like their own leagues, like back in like Minnesota. Yeah. All the Minnesota guys go back to Minnesota and talk about how great it is. And they have like their <laughs> summer, like their summer three on three league, and it's just like, God, we get it. You're from Minnesota. Congratulations. <laughs> Minnesota and Wisconsin are pretty great in the summer, I must say. Um, I was okay. just gonna say, like, I love how uh, I love how different the two sports are, and I feel like this is uh, an opportunity for me to just say it. 
starting tomorrow, these two sports are going to be competing against each other for viewers. And it's going to start up the whole thing of hockey versus basketball that comes up every season. I think it's the most ridiculous conversation. Both sports are amazing. I love them both. And there's room for everyone at the table. We don't have to do hockey versus basketball. It's literally impossible to compare them. But I love them both, and everyone else should too. The big so thing is you don't have a favorite child, Ryan? The NHL's starting in the postseason tomorrow. Like, there's no messing around with eight seeding games. You know, there's we the, the 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 round robins take place next week, and they're over. It's three games. Yeah. Everybody's done next week. Round round one starts in two weeks. Like round like actual round one of the sixteen team playoff starts in two weeks. Yeah, it's funny because like the NBA has only been there since the beginning of July. But just talking to coaches and stuff, you get the feel like they're already in the dog days of like their stay down there at Disney World. <laughs> just like the the bubble minutia minutia is real. Um, and, and now they're gonna have like eight seeding games, which is like it's better than just practicing against your teammates and scrimmaging, but you know, it's not quite the playoffs yet. All right. Well, we do have drew here. I think hopefully we're going to see if this works, but before we go to drew green mountain dental group, like uh, someone said in the comments, Tyson Jones probably went to green mountain dental group because it is the best dentist place around. They're located in Lakewood and they're the best damn family owned dentist in the Metro area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans like us, which is awesome. Uh, our sales director, Lindsay, just had her wisdom teeth removed, and she honestly said it was her best experience at a dentist office ever. They were just so kind, really cared about her and her needs, and that's always important. So don't forget to schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. And tweet at us when you go. Tag us, um, showing them. We want to show them how awesome this community can be because you guys are our biggest supporters. So don't forget, schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. I'm already, I'm just going to warn the people. I, we're going to see. We're going to see if Drew can talk some Rockies with us. And if not, then, then we'll try and talk some Rockies. Hello, Drew. Drew, sure, I thought the plan yeah, was for you to go home, not just stay where you were. No, I was going to Katie's parents' house to use their Wi-Fi, which also apparently not good. And so I have scouted out a Walmart parking lot and finally found myself some Wi-Fi that works. I kid you not. I stopped Hell at a yeah. McDonald's. I have stopped in some places. I cannot believe that you all can actually hear what I'm saying right now. The Cronkies strike again. <laughs> Been shutting um, me down, bro. Drew's plan for this podcast is as shaky as the MLB's plan. Oh, so good. Straight That's up. a great transition, Drew. Do you know what's going on with the MLB? <laughs> no, nobody knows what's going on with the MLB. The MLB doesn't know what's going on with the MLB. Uh, no, bad news uh, with the Cardinals and uh, more than half of the Marlins now having tested positive. Uh, I have no idea that they've got a plan in place that they have... You know, these, well, just don't play for three days. We've already had 15 games canceled, something like 10 to 15% of the season already. It's, it's like, I don't know that they know what they're doing, but they're going to do everything they can to somehow crown champions at the end of this, even if some teams end up having to drop out or games are getting replayed. They've been talking about seven-inning doubleheaders. Uh, I don't know. 
they're gonna make wow. it up as they go along. I think they should do this survivor style, like uh, oh yeah, like every them off the island. <laughs> yeah, at the end of every week, every MLB team gets to submit one vote for who they want off the island. Oh my I god, can get behind that plan. So the yeah, MLB like, is is a bit of well. a mess, but the Rockies. Things seem to be going well for the Rockies. They're going to touch wood as much as possible. Um, but they're four and one on the year, Drew. Four game win streak. Lost their first one on Friday, but they've been they've been killing it. What have you seen? What are you liking from them? Pitch good, defend well, and you win baseball games. It's not the most complicated formula in the world, but uh, except for the first game, they did that and it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the first game you thought there was going to be so much more offense, and it was just so quiet. Right, and you know that that a key hit here or there in that game, and the Rockies could have been could very easily be undefeated right now, and that's without any of their star players having turned in. A really star. I mean, Trevor Story hit two home runs in a game. That's that's kind of a star level performance. But Nolan Arenado has yet to hit a home run. Has even done some weird, shaky things on defense, including one of the biggest mental errors I've ever seen him make in his career. Uh, that was weird. It's, it's yeah, nice it when uh, your mental errors sense. result in inning-ending in outs. They still got the out at the plate. Right. Charlie isn't really raking yet. You know, David Dahl kind of started hot, but cooled off. So no one's like individually holding up this team with some phenomenal performances. They basically just, the starters have been good, not great. The bullpen has been good, not great. Uh, the, the end results, they're not allowing runs. So in that way, they've been great. But they have been, you know, there's been some walks, there's been some hits, there's been some high intensity moments. Overall, though, every element of the team is playing well. No element of the team is playing as well as they can. So that's the most promising part of where this 4-1 team is at right now. It's not because Nolan's hitting 415 and has home runs in all of these games and is carrying the team or Story or Blackman or, or that Marquez or Gray have gone eight innings and given up one run. Like, no, the pitchers are going five or six, doing their thing. Bullpen's coming in. Just solid baseball. Are you surprised at all that it's kind of, it's taken these guys a little bit longer to get into their rhythm? No, I mean, I, I kind of expected that the pitching was going to be ahead of the offense. Uh, that That's typically the case early in baseball seasons. It's tough to – there's just no substitution for when a guy's really trying to throw 98 miles an hour past you and when he's trying to throw 96 to tune up. Like, there's – it's just tough to, to get into that rhythm. Um, so I expect that to still continue for a little while here. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think the Rockies offense is going to find their rhythm. It doesn't hurt to come home to Coors Field where you can feel good hitting the baseball. I think the most important thing, though, is that they don't get overexcited about trying to put up those big numbers and they stay true to the philosophy that's worked for them st- so far. Be patient. See a ton of pitches. Get into the bullpen and eventually your guys will deliver for you. I cannot believe that Drew's carpool karaoke setup is actually working. It's <laughs> amazing. It's going well. Yeah. Um, what have you thought of this batting order, switching it up uh, with David Dahl starting? I think it's been great. The key there was always that if you're going to take Charlie Blackman out of the leadoff spot, you need to have somebody that can set in and set a good tone for the entire lineup. And Dahl has been the, the captain of that all season, of, of going out there, seeing a bunch of pitches, making sure that guys are doing that. There, He's been a great leadoff hitter. He's been a great example of what to do, even sometimes sacrificing some of his own at-bats, looking at pitches that I know inside he's going, mm, 
If I'm batting sixth, I'm swinging at that first pitch fastball, but he's, he's doing that for the team, and he's still finding ways to hit the ball hard more often than not. It gives you a speed combo up top with Dahl and Story that I really, really like, and allows Blackman and Arenado to go about doing what they do best, which is knock in runs. Drew, the highest over-under in Major League Baseball tonight is set at 9.5, except for the Rockies game, which is set at 11.5. Wow. Two full runs over every other team in Major League Baseball. How do you feel about that? Is is uh, Are they overvaluing cores here on DraftKings Sportsbook? I think so. The, the one element of this that I do look at is – Garrett Richards, uh, tonight's starter for the Padres, has been uh, with the Angels for most of his career, and he's never made a start at Coors Field. And there's an interesting history of guys, Steven Strasburg perhaps being the most famous, who just got absolutely shelled in his first start at Coors. But it's happened to a lot of guys. In fact, one of the less-kept secrets in Major League Baseball among pitchers and Coors Field and other managers is that other teams will make sure that certain aces or certain guys don't pitch when they come to Coors, Strasburg is one of them. Jake Arrieta is another guy who tries to make sure he never has to pitch at Coors Field. They'll rest guys on certain days that. and do this. Uh, John Gray, meanwhile, had a 350 ERA at Coors Field last year when Coors was given up a 550 ERA. He's going up against this guy that's never pitched there. So if you think the Rockies are going to tee off on this guy, uh, Richards, then, then maybe. But... Uh, yeah, I think they're overvaluing Coors Field. I think they're both good pitchers. I think John Gray has, has handled it well. So, yeah, I don't. And and as we were talking about earlier, the pitching is still ahead of the offense. I don't see either team going totally crazy. The last year, when the Rockies and Padres played each other in a four-game set, I think ninety-six runs were scored. So, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're really uh, a little bit overzealous here with the offensive numbers. I'm just going through some of the lines here, like. Essentially, you've got to bet a hundred to win just fifty dollars for Nolan Arenado to have an RBI tonight. Like they're basically saying it's going to be a hit parade for the Rockies, uh, and there's going to be a big old crooked number up on the board. There's a there's a re. I see why they would think that, that would be the case because the Rockies offense is ready to break out as we talk, talked about. Nolan is due. Oh, no. Uh, John Gray's not going to – I'm not saying take the over because John Gray's <laughs> not going to get lit up tonight. I really don't think that. But I could see the Padres starter getting full. Who was the Diamondbacks guy? Oh, Robbie Ray. Same Robbie thing. Ray. Like, watch out for those dudes coming into Coors Field when they've never seen it before and they give up eight runs in the first two innings and they come backstage. I'm friends with the security guard that watches what these guys do when they come out of the dugout right down in there and start throwing stuff. Yeah. Like, All right. don't take that over though. Don't take that over. I'm just saying the Rockies might. Totally. Like this thing up. Well, we could always go team over. That's always easier that you could bet on the Rockies to just score over five and a half runs tonight. Uh, and then you don't have to worry about the Padres holding up their end of the bargain. That's true. I would pair those whichever way you think, but I like I that I'm just turning this into a betting time. podcast. Yeah. I know. I'm like, you have your show in an hour. Well, I, just, I have Drew here. I'm trying to get some advice. <laughs> Are you excited to go to the game tonight, Drew? Oh, I am. It's going to be. Okay. Oh, very I forgot that, that was a thing. Um, but yeah. What? Going to games? <laughs> You're going to be one of the first people in America to go to a sporting event since the pandemic started. 
Yeah, the, it, I'm filled with all kinds of strange and weird mixed emotions because it's like so much of what we do, uh, what is important to our work when we're at the games is not available to me. Yeah. Right? So, so much of the normal thing, I'm not going to go down into the dugout and chat with Bud Black. I'm not going to go out onto the field and watch batting practice from behind home plate. I'm not going to wander through the clubhouse and have chats with guys about how they're feeling and and what they're thinking and, and what's going on. You know, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to go to the press box. I'm going to sit down at a seat six feet away from everybody else. And I'm going to watch the ball game from the press box. That said, I, I feel an almost overwhelming privilege and honor to be able to take in live sports of that caliber. Um, and just to be in the building, like you said, there will be maybe 50 people in a building that seats, you know, 50,000 who aren't in any way associate, like working for a team or on a team. Yeah. There, there's only going to be so many of us. And yeah, so I don't know that I will be able to do my job much more better by being there than, than not being there, but I'll be able to tell my kids about it someday. Uh, and that's pretty cool. And hopefully sure. people can live vicariously through me on Twitter and, and everything else. I'm going to be doing as much as I can. True, you're going to have to let us know how it feels to be in the stadium just so empty. If, if they play crowd noise throughout the stadium for the players to hear, um, what what that feels like. I feel like that's just a weird, weird atmosphere, just different. I really didn't mind the crowd noise um, in the MLB games I've watched. I think I, I know a lot of people were complaining about it with soccer. I think it was really loud in soccer, but with uh, baseball, I didn't really mind it. It was pretty low and just in the background. How'd you guys feel about it? Cause that was a big topic of discussion on social. I like it. Uh, I like I think, it in theory. Yeah. I think Oakland it's, was on some weird. <laughs> but the, the thing with baseball is it's so quiet all the time, you know, basketball, there's a lot of sounds of the game. Now baseball maybe has one of the best sounds of the game or the crack of the bat. But other than that, it's like dead silent out there. So I feel like you just need something to fill. It's like, you know, when you're um, doing an ad spot and it, you just, like, need some music underneath the, the ad read to carry it through a little bit. Like, uh, I feel like the crowd noise just helps keep the dead noise out. And we're all going to be super used to it, I think, in, you know, a couple months. Yeah. Just from the NBA. And I don't know what the NFL is going to do, but I assume something pretty similar. The NFL is probably going to fill stadiums. <laughs> NHL, I doubt we're getting fake crowd noise, right, AJ? Uh, we're they're using the crowd noise from NHL 20. Oh, oh nice little cross that? promotion. Yeah, um, they had one one of the games last night and had none of it, and it was awesome. But so far, <laughs> the crowd noise has been totally inoffensive. It does not sound like a giant toilet flushing like Oakland did. <laughs> Drew, do we yeah, know if know. you're gonna? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do we know if there's going to be um, walk-up songs played? I feel like that's something I'm missing. I want to hear Charlie's walk-up song. That's when it's going to feel real. Yeah, definitely, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think they've been doing that. I, I will say that there are a couple interesting things about the crowd it. noise to me. The weirdest ones still are um, the interactions that when they because they still play the sounds and stuff in the crowd, and then there's like a crowd noise being pumped in, but they don't react to stuff, which can be kind of weird. But I've actually, Patrick and I started talking this morning uh, on Rocky's pod about 
like how this can even be strategically used. Like, you know, in the past, say John Gray, first inning comes out, he walks the first two guys. In a normal home game, you'd be able to feel the tension rise and the anxiety in there and all of that kind of, oh no, is this gonna be bad? And the murmuring that would go on. But with hometown crowd noise guy, none of that. Hometown crowd noise guy is gonna have the hometown behind the guy the whole way. And it's gonna be really interesting to see which players yeah. like, respond to that and don't like which uh, are more, you know, hecklered, <laughs> more likely to be affected by the heckling and, and all of that stuff. Uh, I think it's actually going to be really fascinating to see if it actually has on field impact in baseball. Someone needs to create like a soundboard for them where they can like yell out chirps. Like they can have someone that like, you suck. And like, you know, the, uh, I think that that would, that would be a nice little feature. Someone can just you can kind of meme it. Okay. Is, is Drew still there? Oh, I I'm gonna say we're we've lost Drew. Maybe uh, sometimes it comes back. No, I think. Oh, I heard his voice, but you're completely frozen on our end. Somebody's on I, to him. Somebody's cracking down on that guy using the free Wi-Fi. The, the, the Walmart Wi-Fi strikes again. <laughs> Classic right, crime, well, man. At least we had you for a little bit, Drew, to talk Rockies. Just a reminder, you guys can find all of the events that we're doing at the DNVR bar on thednvr.com. You can go to our events page. Um, but just so you guys know when you're listening here, we do have a game tonight. There are still tickets to the watch party tonight, so definitely check that out. Go at RSVP so you can come to the bar. Then there is a game tomorrow at 6, 10 p.m. The Nuggets game is a watch party at 11 a.m. The Rockies game later that afternoon is going to be first come, first serve. So if you're able to come, definitely try and get there early. And then Sunday, we've got a 1.10 p.m. game, and the Avs game is at 4.30. So for Avs, don't forget to RSVP. Sunday uh, for Rockies is going to be another first come, first serve. But you can see all of those things on the dmvr.com on our events page. It's going to be fun. We finally have people at the bar. Just a reminder, we are taking every COVID uh, guidelines that we need to take, precaution, all of that. So that's why we do have to do this RSVP because we're only allowed um, a certain number of people in the building at a time. Um, so we're definitely being safe when it comes to all that. But if you are able to stop by the bar, it's awesome. Most of us are almost always there. So definitely come stop by and say hello. And thanks for listening to the show, guys. We will catch you next week. Peace out. <laughs>